0: Man, it feels like victory here today. That's exactly what communion is. It's a victory dinner. It's victory. You know, sometimes we take communion and it's always kind of somber, a little slow. You know, but if you realize what it was doing, like I said, you're supposed to remember. do this in remembrance of me. and The things I've done and the place that you're sojourning to be with him forever. So I just want to start off just so, for a remembrance of what he's placed in Walker Ministry, what our mission is. Al, can you pull up Ephesians 424 for me? And for the newcomer, anyone that we may have here that are here for the first time, This ministry was birthed a while ago. Was it 2013? 12? 11. 2011. Um, The vision had already been given to teacher, pastor. And at this, go ahead and read it out.
1: 24 and 25. Ephesians chapter 4 at verse 24. And put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, Godlike in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done now with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor. For we are all parts of one body and members one of another. Amen.
0: That is... Our mission. And I do say our because I'm one with my pastor, my teacher. Which takes me back to Genesis in the beginning. And it starts always starts with a question for me, Holy Spirit. Always gives me, pops out a, a scripture to me. And then it has me to to ponder and reach out and just research it out and talk with him about it. In the scripture. It's back in Genesis 3. And, you know, this is the story of Adam and Eve uh, when they had the fall. And the scripture that jumped out at me was, after they had ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they looked at one another and they knew shame. So then when they heard the Father coming, they ran and hid themselves. And upon talking to when well, he asked them, Adam, where are you? Now, you know, the Father sees all and knows all. So he could not have been like, saying, I don't see you, where are you? But in sensing you, where are you? Mind and heart. And we do it. We say it sometimes. We may be talking to somebody, um, and you're sitting in the room, and You're talking to them or you're just sitting there. You notice you look over at them. Like, where did you just go? Because they zoned out. Yeah, Where are you? This is a question you ask them. Where are you? Are you coming back anytime soon? So I just want to go back to a step back, just the creation. Pull up Genesis chapter 2 7 for me. So we can know initially where we all come from. And we'll tie it all in to our mission statement, and into communion is what this is for, our victory that we receive. Then go ahead. I'll continue to read. I'll stop you.
1: Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life, and man became a living being. Verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east, in Eden, or Delight. And there he put the man whom he had formed, framed, constituted. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, or to be desired, good, suitable, pleasant for food. The tree of life also in the center of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. You start right there.
0: So you have the the atmosphere of where we were placed. Now prior to, it was just Adam, but woman was in him, so they were still both there. And he gave him a direct, he told him you could eat of everything in this garden but do not even touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know the story goes on from there. He creates all of the beasts of the land, air of the fowls of the air, and still there was no one found to be credible or able to look after him or help him and to help him take care of what he had been given. So God caused him into deep sleep and pulled woman out of him. Now, here is where I'll say, our old nature, because I believe that we are all saved and here and recreated. This is where our old nature comes into play. And start with uh, Genesis chapter three. You're starting at one and read on. Genesis
1: chapter three and verse one. Now, the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made, and he Satan said to the woman, "Can it really be that God has said, "You shall not eat from every tree of the garden?" And the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit." from the tree which is in the middle of the garden God has said you shall not eat of it neither shall you touch it lest you die
0: All right, you can hold right there I don't think we need to go any further because everyone here is pretty acquainted with that story there's been arguments over time of whether she knew it or not she recorded the word back to Satan I'm not even supposed to touch it so she did know But we're also familiar with scriptures that says you must guard your ear gate and your eye gate. because Your eyes are the windows to the soul. The things that you hear and see, what you entertain, it affects your heart. And out of it is where you live. So she entertained a voice contrary to the one she was acquainted with very well. They were from God. They were breathed into from him. So they had his breath, his spirit. They already had his life. They were already like him. They were already never going to die. Now remember, our foundation scripture, Ephesians 4.24, says that we are learning of the difference. We're not even supposed to entertain negative and contrary thought. Because right. Right. this is what it does. It causes a fall. And we know this fall tainted all of creation. All of creation. So, I was thinking about it. And I'm, I'm listening to it, and it gave me just said, "Man then, and man now." So, take me to take it to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses forty-five to forty-nine.
1: 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, at verse forty-five. Thus, it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of earth made of dust earthly minded the second man is the lord from out of heaven now those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust earthly minded and as is the man from heaven so also are those who are heaven or heavenly minded And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we, and so let us, also bear the image of the man of heaven. Amen. Man
0: then and man now. Old man. The new man. Still being revealed. This is what our goal is. This is how we get to Shemaiah. Say. But there are a few things that we have to do. And the reason I, this caught my attention and the Holy Spirit gave it to me is what you see every day in the body of Christ with yourself, you know, what you see in families, is that there was a divide caused in the garden. First divide was caused in woman. When she started to entertain the voice of the serpent, her flesh told her contrary of her spirit. So all that she saw and looking on the tree, it looked good. All that she smelled, because it gave a fragrance, it overcame her spirit and it caused her to act fleshly or with emotion, much how we do when we leave the spirit out of our lives. So after she ate, and nothing seemed to happen to her, turned and gave to her husband, at which he probably could have stopped it all, had he just not eaten. Gave the rebuke, and then asked God to heal her. But because of what he saw and heard, because he was standing right there with her, a divide in him was called. To start to question the word. But dang, well, she just ate, and she's still standing there. So she didn't die. And it does look good. It does smell good. Yeah, I go ahead and eat some of it. (laughs) So then after he ate, they looked at each other and go, oh, my God. Then the shame comes in. The lust fills up in them. They were naked. But when they were first created, it said they were naked, but they were unashamed. Now, all of a sudden, they're ashamed to look at each other. And when God comes for them, they try to hide. So now they've forgotten who he is, because he is all-knowing. They were a part of him. So he already knows something's not right. So the cry out, Adam, where are you? It's not a place, like a physical place, but a place, a position of mind and heart. Where are you? Like I said before, we've all been talking to somebody, and they zoned out. And we go, where did you go? Because <laughs> yeah. you weren't here. You were here, but you weren't here. All right. okay. And so, Jesus comes, and he's of the Spirit, the Scripture says. First, he is the Word made flesh. Immediately, when he begins to start his ministry, he goes off. And kills that flesh thoroughly. We know the story of the fast. As soon as he gets Holy Spirit, his helper, he takes himself off. and He makes sure that there's no way a divide can be placed in him for flesh and spirit. So in doing his work, he then goes to offer that same thing to us. So he's given us the words. And we hear the word. And you say, with hearing that word and reading this word. It's supposed to be the engrafted word. It's trying to get on. Us. It's trying to take its place. You know, it's trying to subdue this flesh, which is what we're also supposed to be doing every day by denying ourselves certain things, knowing I need to turn that TV off now. I don't need to have that radio station on right now. You know, spending time talking to God in prayer. And so we come to the time where He is going to give his life because he said, unless he goes, this helper can't come back to us. So he has to leave because he's going to return in spirit. And like Pastor say, he's going to dwell within us. So then we'll have that same help, that same power. But all in all, he's trying to get us to take on the new nature. So let's go to uh, John chapter 6, verse 53. We're going to skip around. We're going to start at 53 because there's a, something that he said, and it still today is a controversy on whether it's literal or not or if it's spiritual. We know everything that he talked about was spiritual. There was no need for him to deal with the flesh because the flesh was dead. It had already been getting in his death sentence. It's going to die. It's appointed every man to die once. We can't stop that. But what he's trying to save is our soul.
1: So go ahead, Alan, read that. John chapter 6 at verse 53. And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood unless you appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood. All right, hold right there. Wow.
0: Eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Now, we know that what we eat becomes a part of us metabolically. the body breaks it down. It becomes a part of us. It helps our cells and everything. We also know that he was on his way to be beaten at his stripes since the beginning of time because it was already ordained for him to take that path, that that was our healing over any kind of disease or dysfunction in our body. And his blood was gonna be used as a covering, a washing, a cleansing, so that the sin could not be seen anymore, that it would be dealt with. So let me jump down to 61, but this is what we do. Jump down to verse 61 through 65 for me. At verse
1: 61, but Jesus, knowing within himself, that his disciples were complaining and... Paul's right there. Again, to prove that Jesus is God too,
0: he knew within himself what his disciples were thinking. So he knows all. Let's not try to play like he doesn't know all. Now right, go ahead, you can
1: continue on. That his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about it. Said to them, is this a stumbling block? And an offense to you. Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? Verse 62. What then will be your reaction if you should see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit, whatever. There is no profit in it. The words, the truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. But still, some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. Man, we can stay right there. That's it. That's enough. (laughs)
0: So, y'all know me, y'all, my family, y'all know that my goal always is to ensure that when we take of this cup and when we eat of this bread, that we are in spirit and in truth. We're in spirit and truth. We have to be. We have to be in belief. Us, it doesn't do any good. It actually does harm if you do not believe when you do this. And if you're not in the right frame of mind, you know, when he goes to the cross, that's victory. That's victory, but the only way we can get that victory is if we emulate him because he's trying to reconcile us back to the father, the oneness. Yeah. It was also good because Minister Stark, on a Friday night, she gave several statistics about single-family homes and how the children would turn out. And all of them, I noticed, were 65% and higher numbers of rates that there would be some type of trouble or calamity in that child's life. So if families would do it right, you would think that that swing would be in the other direction. But even within ourselves as one, why we have to be one, because we don't per se, we can't bear a child without a man or a woman. But within ourselves we do yield a fruit So the same statistics would apply to the fruit we give if we're not one within ourselves. If we're not one within ourselves, all of those statistics that she read, 65%, they're going to go to jail. And 85%, you know, they're going to have a, you know, some type of record. Or, you know, 50%, they commit suicide and all this. All of those statistics would apply to us as the single human being because you're supposed to be one. As it says, Ephesians 4.24, one new man in Yeshua. Both ourselves, one new man, together in thought and spirit, spirit and soul, and as the body, one new man. So just got to know this is a victory, y'all. And it is a marriage ceremony. This is our I do to God. We're saying I do. We're saying we believe. So, it's not a funeral service. It's sometimes how it can feel. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to have a little pep in your step when you come up here to get these sacraments. Yeah. You're supposed to have the same zeal in your heart doing communion through what we would call a ritual as you do waking up in the morning and on your day off. I'll put it that way. Because anybody might want to go to work. When you wake up on your day off, you ready to get out of the bed, you know. You could have just went to sleep two hours ago, but you're like, what? I don't have to work today. Yeah. What can I do? Let's, you know, calling up people and everything. So, we can all stand to our feet, you know. I'm finished. Up. I'm done. I'm not going to be long, Pastor, I tell you.